0: You're listening to Mobile Money by Moomoo, demystifying markets one episode at a time. This content is strictly for educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be interpreted as a recommendation or investment guidance. Keep in mind that this information is not personalized and should not be the sole basis for your investment decisions as there may be additional factors to consider.
1: Hi, welcome to Mobile Money by Moomoo. I'm your host, Justin Zacks, Vice President of Strategy at Moomoo Technologies. I've spent my whole career in and around financial markets. This is a show that helps investors gain a better understanding of markets and their money. Winter is here and that means playoff football, which culminates on Sunday, February 11th in Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada at Super Bowl 58. The big game started in 1967 from humble roots and has become big business for the teams, the league, advertisers, and many stocks which operate in or around the industry. I will also discuss the Super Bowl indicator and whether or not you should be adding it to your trading arsenal. The big game is broadcast in over 130 countries in more than 30 languages, and in the U.S. it's extremely popular. Over 100 million viewers. To give you an idea, about 40%, a little over 40%, depending on the year of people with television sets watch the Super Bowl, while viewership is relatively steady with a lot of people watching the game. Ticket prices are anything but. The average ticket price in 1967 for the first game was about $10. And if you adjust that for inflation, you're talking about $90. Expensive, but not uh, a bank breaker as it is today. So to give you an idea of what it costs today, resellers at a minimum are asking about $6,000 a ticket. And some tickets cost as much as $85,000. $85,000. And those are for just the people that watch the game in person that are gonna to go to Las Vegas. And again, they have to pay their flight. Uh, they have to pay for their hotel rooms, which could be very expensive uh, when you have a Super Bowl in a city. They tend to jack up the rates, uh, all the dining, all of that not included in the ticket price. That just gets you into the game. And then for people that are watching the game at home, I just recently saw a survey where they said, Americans plan to spend about $115 on different expenses for their watch parties or going out. You may already know it's big business, but a lot of you are probably wondering, well, can I make money from the Super Bowl in the stock market? And there is something called uh, the Super Bowl indicator. And this is basically a theory that the Dow Jones Industrial Average uh, will end the year with a gain if a team from the NFC or the National Football Conference or with NFC roots wins the Super Bowl. And it would be the opposite if an AFC team wins. The person that figured this out was a sports writer for the New York Times. His name was Leonard Coppett. And he first introduced this indicator in 1978. And again, there wasn't many Super Bowls at that time. There were just a little over 10 Super Bowls. And so up until that point, uh, that indicator had never been wrong. But it comes with a caveat. And what I'll tell you is he looked at teams, uh, some of the teams that were in the AFC like the Pittsburgh Steelers originally were in the NFC. So he counted them as NFC teams in Pittsburgh in the 70s, won four Super Bowls and have won six Super Bowls overall. And so that lends a lot into the influencing of the market. If you take that out, if you put them in the AFC, then he would have only been right, whatever, 60% of, of the chance. So you can see uh this indicator is not always correct. So as soon as someone discovers something like this, of course it's Uh, bound to go wrong, and and it hasn't been as correct. And we look, uh, last year, 2023, the Chiefs won, and they're an AFC team, and so the market should have gone down. Look, we had a a huge rally. Previous year, the NFC Rams won, uh, which meant the market went up, or should have went up in 2022, and we had a big almost 20% down year in the S&P 500. So what you really have to think about is, the statement, correlation does not imply causation. This is really about falling into a trap of coincidence and randomness when you're evaluating your investments. This was back, I think, in the 70s. They, they looked at violent crime rates and ice cream sales and found that they were correlated. But really, what they failed to take into account for was the hot temperatures, and that hot temperatures caused people to go out more. They were out in the street more, and this caused more violent crime. And it just happened to be that you had more ice cream sales. But just because you're selling ice cream doesn't mean it's related to violent crime. To find causation, you really need to have experimental data, not just observational data. That's the important part to think about when making this investment. No matter which team here wins the big game, uh, don't go out and buy stocks or sell stocks just because uh, a certain team wins. So you might be wondering, that doesn't work, but are there other things that might work? And one thing that does work slightly is the performance of stocks that run Super Bowl ads. I'm sure everyone knows uh, the Super Bowl ads. A lot of people actually tune in for the game uh, just for the ads, not necessarily to watch the game. And so there was a study done uh, out of the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire about how stocks of companies that advertised. How did they do? So they basically, they measured um, a 10-day trading period from the Monday before the Super Bowl to the Friday after. And they saw that stocks that ran ads outperformed uh, the S&P 500 by about a percent. Uh, so it, it's kind of really interesting, but it does make sense. These companies uh, are getting a lot of exposure. They're on the mind. So people might go out and buy them Uh, at that time. But that doesn't mean that those stocks might not revert back to the mean later on. And on top of that, these ads are not cheap. To give you an idea of of some of the costs, in 1967, the first Super Bowl, ads cost about $40,000. This is for a 30-second spot. And now uh, this price is right around $7 million. Really crazy. So these companies are spending Huge amounts of money for that exposure. Thirty seconds to get forty percent of the U.S. population uh, watching them. In uh, in terms of the companies, most of them are the biggest companies because they're going to have the biggest reach. But there are stocks that are smaller uh, that do run ads, and their stocks may get a big bump. For instance, probably the most famous example was Radio Shack, and Radio Shack uh, was struggling. And back in 2014, they ran a Super Bowl commercial called uh, the 80s called They Want Their Store Back. Uh, and It was very popular and caused the stock to go up by 7%. Obviously, that's not going to happen in every case, but you do see these cases where some of these smaller companies could get a bump uh, when they run ads. And the interesting part is, it doesn't really matter, according to the study, it doesn't really matter how good the ad is, it's more about the exposure itself. just because an ad is super highly rated by audiences or if people think it's really bad, it doesn't necessarily affect the stock performance as much as just having the ad to begin with. Most famous ads come out of some of the biggest brands that are really tied to uh, the big game and, and what they're trying to get across. And probably the ad that kicked it all off and became the most, one of the most iconic ads of Its era was uh, for Coca-Cola, and it was called Hey Kid Catch. And this was with uh, Mean Joe Green. And Mean Joe Green was uh, one of the defensive linemen of the Steelers. This was in 1979. uh, And he was known for being really tough and nasty on the defense. He was a really big guy. He was nearing kind of the end of his career. You could see the pain and uh, weariness on his face uh, in the ad. Uh, but then it really showed his softer side when this kid comes up to him and 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 uh, they he ends up uh, giving him a coke, uh, and then Min Joe reciprocates and gives him the jersey uh, at the end of the ad. And this really showed how Coca-Cola could bring people together, and that it's something uh, that became very important for its brand across the world. Probably maybe the most famous television ad ever uh, placed was placed on the Super Bowl. and In 1984, Apple was debuting the Macintosh computer, uh, and it was kind of a play on George Orwell's book 1984, which was this dystopic future. The Macintosh was portrayed as a way to save humanity from conformity, and in that you could be different. And so it was just blasting these old PCs and in with the new Macs, Uh, and you had these people marching in unison, and there's. a woman that comes in all in athletic gear and she has this big hammer and she's just smashing uh, the status quo and it really became uh, a calling card for Apple in the future of being different uh, and being innovative with its technology and something that they still do as a brand to this day. Apple's actually sponsoring the halftime show and we'll talk a little bit about that later in the podcast. Some of the other Uh, Well-known ones are Snickers with Betty White, and it sort of reinvigorated her career uh, where she plays football, which was really kind of a a funny one. Uh, And more recently, in 2015, uh, Always uh, Like a Girl campaign from Procter & Gamble uh, really tried to tackle things that were going on in society around a young girl's confidence uh, when she reaches puberty, uh, and it really became... Uh, a real empowering movement, and it's something I think uh, the NFL has tried to move into. And football, in general, has always been kind of a male-dominated sports, but it's gaining female viewerships, and advertisers are really trying to capture uh, those female viewers. One of my personal favorite uh, Super Bowl ads is Wendy's "Where's the Beef," and it had uh, several older senior citizens at a hamburger. Uh, place and they're ordering the hamburger and they open the bun and there is almost no hamburger there it's all bun maybe a little bit of a really sad looking pickle and it really showed that Wendy's wanted to differentiate itself from Burger King and from McDonald's saying it had juicier beef a bigger patty uh, these types of things and and so they came up with the tagline where's the beef and it became a really popular tagline uh, throughout the 1980s. But if you wanna talk about the company that's probably done Super uh, Super Bowl ads better uh, than any other is is Budweiser. And you look at probably they have had uh, six or seven excellent campaigns. Uh, What's Up uh, 1999, uh, Football uh, 96, uh, the Budweiser Frogs where they go Budweiser 1995, uh, more recently uh, 2014 Puppy Love and, and who can forget the Bud Bowl Uh, where they had these beer bottles moving around a football field in 1989. So yeah, they've done some of the best advertising and they're almost always there. The car companies are usually very involved and this year for the first time in I think 23 years they won't be there so it's very interesting to see uh, what will happen around that and, and what's going on in that industry. So those are stocks to watch going in and very interested to see what some of these car companies will say and why they're not uh doing super bowl ads and you know why they feel that it's not uh relevant for them uh this year so you may wonder you know which stocks do these ads why do they do these ads and and usually they're falling into one of two categories and and this is not always but it's it's usual one is they are a national brand uh that has a huge market share Already and can reach a lot of people. Think Coca Cola. Uh, They have, I think, a volume share over 45%, Pepsi, about uh, 25% volume share in carbonated beverages. Uh, Anheuser Busch, uh, the the Budweiser, InBev, uh, they have about a 40% market share in the beer market in the United States. Uh, And then there's the ones that are adjacent to what's going on in the Super Bowl that are athletic apparel like Dick's Sporting Goods or Nike. Think about Wingstop. Think about all the chicken wings that are eating. I I, I heard one number about almost 1.5 billion chicken wings will be eaten uh, during the Super Bowl. It's really crazy how, I mean, the Super Bowls really invented uh, people eating chicken wings because sports bars at that time, they were really going for something a little bit cheaper than your pork or your beef something people could share with each other and just go to a sports bar, sit down, have, you know, buy a big plate of wings for you and your friends. Tiffany's may get a little bump, uh, now owned by LVMH, uh, but Tiffany's has been producing the championship trophy, the Lombardi trophy. Advertising is not the only uh, part of, in the commercials are not the only part of the business of the big game. There's also the halftime show. So the normal halftime is like 15 minutes and i think you know during the big game it's probably somewhere around 30 minutes and so they have invite usually a very well-known artist to perform and the performers actually perform for free uh, a lot of people don't know that but they perform for free they do cover expenses and production costs but a lot of people will ask well, well why would anyone do that for free and it's really about that exposure uh that you're getting to give you an idea last year Uh, Rihanna performed uh, at the halftime show. And her music uh, uh, experienced an over 200% increase in on-demand streams and a 390% increase in digital song sales overall. For this uh, big game, we have Usher. He's uh, 45 years old. He's had eight studio albums from 1994 uh, until 2016. Uh, but is releasing a new album called Coming Home in Conjunction. Last year, uh, they had Apple Music uh, produce uh, the show, and and they will be producing it again. And so Apple also gets exposure for this. And and I saw a statistic that said last year's show, the halftime show, delivered a $21.5 million dollar of brand exposure for Apple Music uh, during its broadcast, and this is according to uh, ReloMetrics. Another performing artist uh, by the name of Taylor Swift has also had a big influence on the NFL uh, this year due to her boyfriend, Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey, and there's been a, a little bit of a debate on whether Taylor Swift is good for the NFL, and Recently, there were comments from former coach and current announcer Tony Dungy, who said uh, Taylor Swift is part of the reason why fans are disenchanted with the NFL. And he said, "quote There's so much on the outside coming in entertainment value and different things taking away from what really happens on the field." It's a very interesting take, but there's been a lot of uh, people supporting Taylor, and there's been a lot of people thinking about uh, what the NFL really is. Is this some type of uh, athletic idolatry or is it entertainment or is this like the Greek Olympics where they're pure amateurs? No, they're, they're getting paid money uh, and they're also getting paid uh, as sponsors. A lot of these players are influencers and they are appearing in a lot of these ads. One of the biggest ones is actually Taylor Swift's boyfriend, Travis Kelsey. His co-manager actually called his $14 million salary a side hustle compared to The amount of money that he earns from all these endorsements. You'll probably see him on commercials for half a dozen brands uh, during the season. That being said, the NFL continues to reinvent itself and continues to find new ways to entertain. A lot of people don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. Uh, A lot of people can watch the games for a lot of different reasons uh, and they all can enjoy it. That is a microcosm of the big game itself. Some people will watch uh, because it's their favorite team. Some people just love football. Some people are watching for the commercials. Some people are watching for the music. And so whatever your reason to watch, go ahead and do it, you know, please enjoy. And uh, let me know if you think the Super Bowl indicator has any merit, Uh, as I explained, uh, I don't see it having very much, but I do want to know any individual stocks affected, write it in the comments. Uh, let us know, and we will see you next time on the next podcast. Thank you so much.
0: Bye. The opinions expressed are those of the host and any guest speaker and not necessarily those of Mumu Technologies, Inc. or its affiliates. The podcast is provided for informational and educational purposes only and is not a recommendation or endorsement of any particular investment or investment strategy that may be mentioned or covered in the podcast. All investments involve risk and the loss of principle as possible. Past performance does not indicate or guarantee future success. Moomoo is not affiliated with any outside guests or their companies. Information provided in this podcast is general in nature and may not be appropriate for all investors. The Moomoo app is an online trading platform offered by Moomoo Technologies, Inc. Securities, brokerage products, and related services available through the Moomoo app are offered by Moomoo Financial, Inc., a member of FINRA, SIPC.